Let's start this whole thing over. I'm sorry. That's right, because my thing wasn't great either. I don't really know what my thing is. What do I like, John? You know what? Just say I like and then do that. I think we're good. Okay. It's Friday, August 14th. And you're listening to Fantastic Neighborhood, episode 120. I'm Fred, and I like... And I'm John, and I like Uncle CJ Kirshner. Uncle CJ? How is Uncle CJ? Okay, so let me tell you... So so there I was, uh, Fred. Slowly I turned. I went to work just super, super early on... um, uh, I forget. At some point last week, when when Gamescom happened, I went to work super early so I could watch. It was it, it started at seven a.m. the uh, the Xbox stream. Um, so I'm, so there I am sitting there. My that Windows ten driver for my audio device was not working properly, so I had to listen through the laptop speakers until I restarted. Um, so I'm listening through the laptop speakers and watching the Gamescom conference halfway. I'm like answering email, doing work stuff as it were. So then I hear voice. I'm like, oh, that sounds sounds familiar. Is that some sort of gaming celebrity? And yes, I look over to the screen, and it is, in fact, a gaming celebrity. One of the biggest gaming celebrities, Fred. Maybe maybe the pinnacle of gaming celebrity is what you're getting at here. C.J. Kirshner, your friend, and not just like... Friend of the show. But friend in real life. Yes. Like It's in- funny you mentioned this, because yesterday I watched Tron Legacy. Which is where I, in fact, met uh, one C.J. Kirshner. Um, it's all coming together. It's like digital jazz, man. So, like, I just start freaking, <laughs> so I start freaking out. Like, in my, like, there's only one other guy that comes in that early, and uh, I'm like, oh my shit, dude, shit, C.J. fucking Kirshner on my screen right now, streaming to hundreds and hundreds of people, and talking to probably thousands in in uh, in attendance. Um, Man, CJ uh, presented Homefront 2, and I do not love modern military shooters. And Homefront 1 was, you know, not the worst way to spend five hours or whatever. Uh, but y- you just can't help but get hyped by that guy. Um, super, super great. I have, I have all so the questions be, he, for CJ, He's going to be on writer now. He is like, uh, he's, you know, guy. He's, he's games guy. Games persona. I don't want to say he's, he's David Jaffe. Because I like him. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, he's, uh, he's more of a, uh, a a wise sage figure as opposed to a uh, a brash warrior type. I like to I like to equate him to the Yoda of the gaming world. The Yoda of the gaming world. I thought he was more of like a Jade Raymond. Maybe like a Tim Schafer. Oh, come on. A better looking Tim Schafer. Listen, I really like CJ, but let's not let's not go down this road. <laughs> uh, anyway, congrats to uh, CJ and on the new gig. Uh, I don't know how. Yeah, you know he left Ubisoft and now he's working. Shit, I can't remember the developer that spun out from Crytek UK 
is owned by I want to say Deep Silver, and they have are making Homefront too. And what they showed looked, I mean, to use the generic games press sort of thing, like oh, they, you know, they're showing some stuff that looked really interesting. Graphics uh, with an X. Uh, I I didn't catch the uh, the whole presentation. Um, whenever whenever like a Crytek game comes up or whatever, it's not like, it's not Crytek. But hint here, here's here's just like let me give you the, the presentation in a. In was a there show. water at some point? Did the demo have water in it? No, it's not Crytek. It's it's okay. not it's not Crytek game. Uh, but I will say that like you know obviously biased, but you know again Xbox brought it. Um. I would I th- expect I th- no less. Uh, I think uh, I think it's really clear that uh, that everybody's uncle now, Uncle Phil and Uncle um, Uncle Satya, have kind of righted uh, righted that <laughs> that ship. Didn't uh, Xbox last month? Didn't they surpass uh, PS4? I don't know. We don't really keep tabs on the MPDs at, down at my level, down the boots on the ground. Maybe, and we've won a couple months here and there. Um, I don't know. You know what? It's not a competition, John. We can all we can all coexist. You know, I was talking. This is not I like was, this is not the Gaza Strip of video games. Well, you know, I was, I was, some, I was talking ooh-yah. about that with Jesus Christ. Uh, I was talking about that with somebody recently because uh, I don't know what somebody was talking about Sony, and I was like, well, you know, they make more off of you know they make the camera lenses in the iPhone, right? But then right. they also sell Sony Ericsson phones, right? And then. TVs they used to sell they used to sell PCs and the PCs all have windows and you know the Blu-ray player licenses technology from Sony in in the Xbox One and it's like Samsung makes some chips that are in the iPhone even though they're in you know billion dollar lawsuits and I'm like these things they're com- competitors but let's not forget this is like way more complicated than this and the actual like oh this one sold more than this one this month um at the end of the day is just fodder for um, NeoGAF types, right? Blog posts, basically. It feeds, it feeds the blog machine so that people have something to write about. And the blog machine is in itself a snake eating its tail. Yes. I'm reading a whole book about it. It's actually really depressing. Don't tread on me. So anything uh, anything else cool come out of Gamescom? I, I got to be honest with you. I didn't pay that much attention. Like I saw I saw some stuff pop up. After the fact, a lot of the presentations and all you that. You know, I besides the I didn't follow it. Besides the the Xbox stuff, I mean, you had some really interesting. They showed some cool indie titles whose names I am forgetting. One looked a lot like Maniac Mansion. Uh, then there was like this other like sort of psychedelic adventure game. I'm forgetting the names of these. Um, Crackdown Three, uh, Quantum Break looks more interesting now. Um, they showed a really bad Halo Five demo. Like with esports people yelling on top of it. Oh, oh, that's always the best, isn't it? Well, because here's the thing: that's a game that looks incredible, but then like you got these guys shouting esports things over it, and he's going for the f- hammer. I don't. What's the hammer <laughs> called in in Halo? Oh, uh, shit! I don't remember. Whatever. By he's gra- going for a uh, thing. Grapthar's hammer. <laughs> yes. Oh, wait for it. He got. He got oh, the reference. Oh, I got it. I got it's it. Such a good movie. So oh my good. god! I wish they made a sequel to Galaxy Quest. I still hope they make a sequel to Galaxy Quest. I know all like, those guys. What are they doing? Tim Allen's writing books. But it'd be great. It would be like old. Like they did old crew like Star Trek, and then it would be super old crew Star Trek. Oh, and then they can meet the next generation Galaxy Quest people. 
Oh my gosh, dude, that actually sounds like we cut this. Okay, out of the let's podcast. figure this out. Who's the next generation Galaxy Questers? Who who are the next washed up, like or like moderately successful, but they can't, then can't shake the stigma of actors in that movie? But then I feel well, would it have to follow the same archetypes as uh, Next Generation, like it's having an old captain instead of a young. You'd have captain. to have a, you'd have to have like a robot. You'd have to have like a cyborg. Oh yeah, um, oh, I feel like 100%. Zachary Quinto would still be in it no matter what. <laughs> As fuck, it wouldn't even I matter. See, I say you get Chris Pratt, right? Because he yeah. tried, he he was he also auditioned to be new Captain Kirk, so that would be cool. Um, anyway, we've gone on quite the tangent. <laughs> well, you we know, going, going back to, to the Gamescom thing, you know, uh, the, the one oh, thing uh, I... Crackdown three. Did I say Crackdown three? You did. Uh, FIFA, obviously. Although, just Cause Three comes with Just Cause Two on Xbox One. That's a that's a that's a value right there. Well, they're starting to do that uh, with the backwards compatibility thing. Is like if you buy Part Three, hey, we're going to give you Parts One, two, One, Two for f- the 360 versions for free. And I think that's just a, man, that's a really I think it's, it's like a real cool it's one thing of those things where it's like they probably weren't going to sell those anyway at this point. They probably were just going to give them away at a future date. So why not? But use it's a, them yeah, as it's a nice added value, value add. Yeah. Right. Uh, if you buy the Gears of War Remaster Ultimate Edition, you get uh, Gears One, Two, Three, and Judgment. Um, that's a lot uh, of for game. free. Yeah, it's all for forty bucks. That's, that's like that's there. like ten hours of gaming right there. Oh, shut up! <laughs> ten as, hours as, of unanswered questions, dude. You and me both both like the shit out of uh, three oh, no, Gears I know, of War I love games. Them. Yeah. Um, I gotta go back and play Judgment. Right. I mean, Tom Bissell wrote it. Like, it should be. It isn't, is okay. it? Okay. Did you get that article I told you about Tom Bissell? Oh, so Tom Bissell wrote, uh, or was on a podcast defending the Order 1886. Yeah. And yeah. you know what? I haven't listened He's to the right. podcast yet. It was, uh, I, I read the, the summary of it, but the, the, the points you were making were exactly the points I was making. I, I actually like that game. I don't care what anyone says. I'm going to play it eventually. I have your copy. I know you do. It um, is worth pennies now <laughs> in the time that it's been sitting in my, in my bookcase. So the other, uh, you know, I, I, the little bit of Gamescom I actually did pay attention to this week uh, or last week was um, Hearthstone. Had Blizzard came correct at Gamescom. <sighs> Yo, you know, I have, I'm, I'm starting to get a lot of respect for Blizzard. I really am. No, dude, I want to talk about this. Here's why. I don't want to talk about Hearthstone, but I want to talk about you how talk this about game. Talk about the WoW expansion? I no, no. I want to talk about how this game actually makes me feel. I'm going to play some Fallout Shelter. Continue. <laughs> That's out on Android now. I got to get that. Um, there's something unique about the mechanic of Hearthstone in that new content is released as, you know, card expansions or adventures or whatever, right? And so what do you, I'm sorry, what do you pay for? Uh, you can buy packs, but you can also but earn you, them. But then the expand you have to buy the expansion. It depends right? which expand. So they have uh, they have story expansions, which aren't really story driven. But they have like adventure mode expansions, which are like themed fights, like a bunch of boss fights basically. And then they have just you could buy packs of the random sets, but you could also earn those. You could actually there's nothing in the game that you can't earn uh, in game. Like you can't just earn gold and, and pay for. Um, but the thing that I love about this game, and, and it's one of the things that I haven't experienced in a long time, basically since since Magic uh, first came out, was the was the 
the release cycle where you know a new set's coming out. We know the new set is coming out this month, but they start leaking cards as it goes on. So like every day there's like, oh, here's two new cards. Let me start thinking about... Let me theory craft what I can do with those things. Um, you know, a lot of games, uh, other games don't really do that. Uh, you know, if only because it's like, what are they? Go- oh, here's the story. You know, or here's a new level. Whereas this, it's like every bit and piece sort of interacts with every other bit and piece. Um, and it it gives me a lot of uh, a lot of the feels, John. Oh, my God. We don't say the feels on this show. I don't know. I just, I like it. It's, it, it keeps me occupied. It, even the out-of-game experience is a fairly I, rich experience you know the I'm meta glad you like this game so much i'm glad i do too i've stuck with it keep in mind so um did you know pax is in uh like two and a half weeks yeah it's 15 days so i didn't i thought it was labor day weekend <laughs> so i've been making plans for labor for going to pax on labor day weekend but instead it's the weekend before um so I made I I bought all my passes like I had to do some scalping I only paid a little bit over face, but like my brother called my brother in law calls me he's like hey man um you know PAX isn't Labor Day weekend right <laughs> like what huh like yeah yeah it's uh it's a weekend before so I can't go with you I'm like oh shit I've been telling everybody the wrong dates so that happened um I like rescheduled like meetings. <laughs> That's okay. This is business related. It's no, but the funny. Okay, so I have, I have a, we'll say a mentor, right? I have a, uh, a gentleman I meet with once a month to talk about career stuff, right? Job counselor. It's, yeah, it's well, it's a thing you do at my job. I, I mean, a lot of places. It's actually a good idea to have a mentor anywhere. If hey, listen, young professionals, find somebody two or three levels above you and ask them to be your mentor, and then t- talk to them once a month. Just putting that out there. Anyway, so like, but he works in a very game-centric space. And, like, I was, like, I sent him an email, like, rescheduling for PAX, and he didn't correct me. So I'm hoping he doesn't realize how silly-dilly I'm being. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's that's an interesting... Well, it's not that interesting. Are you, are you hype? I don't know, man. I'm hyped to see CJ. Man, this whole episode has just been CJ love... Uh, I'm also kind of psyched that uh, that weekend cleared up because my friend, uh, I have another friend from New York in town. Um, she's, she'll be here for a wedding, so it'll be nice to see her. I feel like I should like just hop on a plane now and come over. Dude, everybody else been here. Larissa was here this weekend. Diana Rogers coming again. Uh, you know, CJ Kirshner, big time. Well, CJ's a coast-to-coast jet setter. And international. He's uh, man of mystery and intrigue. So, Fred, tell me about um, this 2012 hotness. <laughs> 20, wait, 20, was it 2013, 2012? I think it's 2013. Yeah, 2013, Game of the Year, uh, Last of Us. So, I... Uh, it's a I, good game. Yeah, so I got a copy. How far did you get? Um, uh, I'm in winter. I just started winter. Which I assume is about halfway through. Uh, it's the back end for sure. Yeah. So uh, wait. So you're like, are you play? Have you played as Ellie? I just started. Like that's okay, the first. Thank goodness, because like, that would have been a huge spoiler. Oh man, you were getting into like 
the good is oh my gosh that game oh that game is gonna get so good so it's like real hbo visceral good (laughs) you don't like it do you You the whole game game. has been pretty visceral i mean it's (laughs) you don't like the game Tell no, me I do. Like I do game. like the game. Okay. I do like the game, but I'm I'm actually surprised. Um, and we're it's gonna a good game, game club the we're gonna game club the DLC uh, when you're done with this. I'm done because I've that. been wanting to play that for a long time. It's a it's a really good game, um, and it's it's what you would expect from Naughty Dog, right? But I'm actually surprised that people... why is cracking Nolan North? Yeah, uh, crash Bandicoot. I'm surprised that people liked this game. I think as much as they did, and and here's why. It's like. To me, this game is the the next generation of a survival horror game. It's the next. This is what this is where Resident Evil probably should have gone, but didn't. I mean, it's not too dissimilar from a Resident Evil Four, except with like writing. That's well, and yeah, yeah. I mean, no tank controls, but uh, it feels very much like where those type of games should, or a Parasite Eve, or a Silent Hill. Well, Silent Hill is sort of a different thing. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I agree with you. Um, I'm just so, which I'm is just the whole like, point of the show, right? Uh, I guess I mean, what I'm saying, John, is I like zombies I before they were cool. God, I don't think it's very survivory. So I don't think it's very survival horror-y. Uh, horror-y. Um What Last of Us? And I don't think. I actually don't think. It, okay, yeah, it's. Horror-ish. I mean, I actually feel more. What difficulty are you playing on? The, the default. Okay, I've I actually really feel hard more... difficulties. It can, it's super hard, but. It's not so much about how it's hard; it's about the tension. Um, you're, you're good at games. Super this good. this game actually does have a lot of really sort of like it really does build up uh, moments that you think something's going to happen and then it doesn't, or a moment where they they get you when you weren't expecting it. They're actually it's that's actually possibly the best part about this game is like. There's so many points that they set you up to think something's going to jump out at you around the corner, and it doesn't. That when something, when shit does happen, it catches you off guard. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, it's been it's been pretty pretty fucking intense. Um, the one thing I will say, unlike a Resident Evil or one of those survival horror games, because the game has a fairly generous save and checkpoint system. Like I never feel. Like, if I die, it's never, like, a big deal. I just start over. Like, there have been a couple of frustrating parts where I died a lot, but I eventually get past them. Whereas with uh, Resident Evil or something like that, part of the tension of that game came from the fact that, like, oh, fuck, I'm going to lose hours. I'm going to lose hours before a save point, you know? I didn't like, have a tape writer thing. Yeah. Uh, tape, um, tape, which, no, typewriter tape. Tape, yeah. It's weird to, to, to talk about that tension. Like, do you remember save points? Do you remember when that was a bone of contention? Do you remember when your whole day could be ruined? Oh, yeah, for sure. But, uh... Dude, yeah, I've been, like, I've been playing a lot of, like, Saturn games lately. Yeah, saves. You remember when your game could be uh, screwed up by a bad Saturn memory chip? <laughs> by a crash? Uh, no. no, no. But, uh, yeah, I'm... I'm liking the game. I don't want to talk about story or anything like that, but I think it's really well done. Uh, the voice acting in this game, top not best voice acting I think in a game because it really none of the uh, the VO actually sounds out of place. Like I've played plenty of games that were well done, and then there's always that one thing that sort of like the tone is off or the emotion doesn't match the character or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, for sure. And and this game they fucking nailed it. Like this is this is the best voice acting I've heard in a game. 
Um, yeah, I would agree. Um, I think the face tech is really good too. I don't. I don't think. I think I've, I was. You're gonna say uh, top three face tech games for me. I'm. I'm going uh, L.A. Noir, Enslaved, and then this game. That's a. I think that's a good order. Man, I was gonna throw a Sir's Wrath in there, but. It's not, I mean, <laughs> those emotions matched. They just, fuck, were... dude. Yo, dude. I was just thinking about uh, Enslaved and Asura's Wrath. Those are two. Those are two games. Oh my gosh, those are two games, <laughs> dude. I actually Holy keep fuck. thinking about Asura's Wrath, and uh, the reason I keep thinking about it is, God, would that be a great character to put in the new Street Fighter? Oh, I would. I'd flip shit, dude. And they totally could. They have actually said that they're building it very similar. To like a League of Legends or something like that, where they could just add characters. Yeah. Um, so that let's just. So we. Were, uh, gotta, you, you heard it here, folk, f- first, folks. Asura's Wrath confirmed Street Fighter Five. Well, yeah, but uh, but just to backtrack a little, um, we were right. I mean, it was an easy call to make about Capcom going to a free-to-play model for Street Fighter Five. Yep. Selling characters individually instead of you know in big updates. Um, Except that they're charging you sixty bucks at the at the jump, uh, too. Well, it's sixty bucks, but you get some of the characters. You get twelve. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, whatever. That's that's totally fine. Um, I what I really would like out of that, and I don't, I don't know if they've said anything about this, is like uh, Mortal Kombat or Injustice style story. Yeah, I don't. I do not think it's going to happen. To be honest. Yeah, I think that would really help their help their case with the the cash audience. They're gonna save it for the uh, for the anime that they eventually make. They that would really crush it, crush it for the John Anderson audience, you know. <laughs> uh, if, if also if you could put it on a a, a Vita, yeah. Uh, well, I'll stream it from the PS4. That reminds me, like, of you know, expecting everything to curtail to our personal whims. Um, there, so there's actually memorial day weekend is bumbershoot to seattle music festival yep. uh and i thought it was going on at the same time as pax oh you you knew about bumbershoot um but katie my wife was like why would they have those on the same weekend and i'm like because the only person that appeals to like but that both appeal to is me so like unfortunately the universe isn't always working expressly True. for me i mean let's but also remember are- some of the things they've had pax simultaneous with in the past uh several times they've they've overlapped uh pax east has overlapped the uh the anime convention uh is it think it's pronounced anime yes and then um you know it it has uh it has also overlapped uh jesus's death day oh i'm sorry resurrection no that was that was after right what easter jesus died they've had they've had pax on easter and that believe me that did not affect the attendance all those devout Christians. Um, eh, whatever. Okay. There, there seems to be plenty of stuff for you to do out there in Seattle is the point. So let's talk about Rare Replay. Let's talk about this, John. I haven't I haven't gotten a copy of it yet. Do you want uh, me to send you a copy? Uh, not yet, because I have to beat Last of Us first. Do you have an Xbox One yet? No, but I can get one right after I beat The Last of Us. I'm just saying. Let's talk about Rare Replay. Let me let me have it, John. This is the 
okay so it's not the collection of the best games ever but this is the best collection of like the packaging around it is the, the is is really great like all the uh, gallery really, stuff it's really lovingly presented it's 30 games um granted like 10 of those came out on the zx spectrum so that's that's poop from a butt <laughs> but then it's got some real club bangers in there you know you got your uh, rc pro-am uh your battletoads every banjo kazooie game including like nuts and bolts which i watched my uh nephew play a bunch of um i played a bunch of rc pro amp this it's just a great package for 30 bucks or 15 bucks for example if you work for the company that makes this game um or free in fact also free with all those uh microsoft space bucks you redeem oh so they like they we get the first party games for free some of us some big timers like me (laughs) Unfortunately, oh, should I disclose that that I got this game for free and that's why I gave it a seven out of ten? <laughs> uh, you know, John, it's all about uh, integrity in gaming journalism. Uh, actually, Fred, it's about why the fuck the, is it the Genesis version of Battletoads in here instead of the NES version in games journalism? So the NES version is supposedly the more iconic version. I Yeah, no, more people played that, including me. The reason I got into the Genesis version, Fred, is... It's playable. Because of you. I love the Genesis version. I bought the Genesis version because of you, and then played the Genesis version, and it's just, it looks so much better. Oh my god. It is so, like, NES games look like poop from a butt. Let's get real. Um, yeah, it's all like monochromatic and everything. Um, I because like, and now somehow the Genesis version, like those graphics, are in my mind when I think of Battletoads. Um, I have always equated, even though I played the NES version when I was a kid. Right, I have always equated the Genesis version to be the the true version of Battletoads. I don't know I, why that is. It's the better version for sure. Obviously. Um, so I hope they add that as DLC. So here's a fun fact. Uh, this one had this, like a lot of the old games have, uh, like this, you know, obviously this like emulation wrapper on them. Mm-hmm. Rewind. You can rewind Battletoads. Oh, cheater, cheater. Cheating cheater who cheats. Oh, <laughs> uh, remember when you beat, uh, Battletoads? Finally? You're not going to be able to submit your score to tr- uh, Twin Galaxies now. I was so proud of you when you when you beat Battletoads. I really was. Still a good memory. I'm going to do it um, again and again and again and again. All right. So, I mean, that's really all I had to talk about. Um, Did they... Uh, I heard they changed some of the games because of licensing. Is that true? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Like, you know, they took n- mentions of Nintendo out of KI and uh, yeah. RC Pro-Am. And, I mean, because, like, remember in RC Pro-Am, you could pick up the letters and it spelled out Nintendo or whatever? Right, right, right. Uh, there's a few other things they they probably had to change. Um, Wait, yeah. so is it not Ultra 64? Oh, God. Or whatever it was. Yeah, Ultra 64. Uh, you want to talk about the biggest... Did, did we go over that? Have we had an episode about, like, uh, bull shots or whatever? How they no. were basically... How they were out there saying that, like, Killer Instinct and Cruising USA was running on, like, Ultra 64 hardware. And then you buy the home versions of those games, and, like, this... This looks like somebody skull fucked me. Like, <laughs> oh, I have fond memories of that game on the SNES, though. The SNES version, yes, of Ki. 
I smoked a lot of pot back then, John. <laughs> you were 12, motherfucker. <laughs> I was like 14, I think. Mm. Smoked a lot of pot. Anyway. Um, yeah, so no, no, that's a great, great collection. Like, I can't... Yeah, if you have, if you like three of the games on there, like you should buy it. How many uh, of the uh, of the ten thousand gamer score have you earned so far? Uh, probably like thirty, forty five. No, I have a bunch more. Um, but the thing is, so a lot of the gamer score will show up as as the regular ones. But then, so for all the three sixty emulated games, those games are all you're getting the three sixty achievements, right? Um. The backwards compatibility, like there are some definite hitches, and I mean, there's that actual feature is still kind of like in beta technically, but it's, I mean, a fucking miracle. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's emulating one generation ago. Um, that's pretty. I mean, I think that's pretty spectacular. Uh, you know, I don't know the guys that work on it, but man. That shit's it's, impressive. Uh, it's not unimpressive. Uh, yeah, and I mean that's that's only gonna get better. Certain things are actually so like frame rate is one of the things that has been a problem. But some of the things, well, some of the frame rate stuff that people are going, oh, there's frame rate issues. Like, yo, dog, I hate to admit it, but Xbox 360 was also not perfect with frame rates. <laughs> like there that was is, occasion, there was on occasion a drop frame. That is sir. that is uh, more true than you realize. It's like you were just remembering, you were just remembering the Genesis version of Battletoads as the NES version of Battletoads because you're dim, sir. <laughs> um, anyway, but like you know, so but one thing, cool thing with that backwards compatibility is like certain things have gotten actually have gotten better, like screen tearing has been reduced and and some stuff like that so it's just i'm really interested to see where that goes i know like the some people are like oh you know it's too late or whatever but like the idea of just continuing to own your content forever and being able to play it on one device is just i mean that's great right well it's kind of the idea of just being platform agnostic people don't really necessarily give a shit what platform they're on they just want their thing to be their thing uh yeah i mean I, and the, I just, that agnostic platform is going to be the Xbox One exclusively. Yes. The all-in-one <laughs> entertainment platform. You want to move on to Game Club, John? Let's move on to Game Club. Oh, we should theme song this. So, Game Club, John, what is Game Club? That's a good question. Really one for the ages. Game Club is a section of the show where John and I and you folks at home will play through a game together and uh, sort of discuss it analytically as if it was a book in a book club. But it's not a book in a book club. It's a game in a game club. I think I might have to break up with you.
One of these days, I'm gonna <laughs> that that speech is gonna be like, I'm gonna game club is like going to be a literal club. Like it's you can hit baby seals with it, or you you go party there. I guess it is kind of a place where we party. Mm-hmm. So this week. And uh, the last week before this, and who knows how long ago, we played Please Don't Touch Anything. Yo. Yo. <laughs> I, got, I, got, I, got, I got something I got to get off my chest. All right. Uh, spoilers abound. I, so. I, I, I didn't play this game. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I, I watched a video of people playing it, though. <laughs> Dude. I don't know where you, how you could not find time for this because it's not a long game. I, I know, I know, I know. I didn't, just, like, beat it in the sense that uh, it's a game with multiple endings. Did you then... see the Illuminati ent- ending? Yep, and I found that one organically. Okay. So that that's actually one of the things I want to talk about. So let me just interview you about this game then. Okay. Fred, what is Please Don't Touch Anything? So Please Don't Touch Anything is a... Um, it's the, the best way I can put this is it's sort of a combination of McPixel... You remember McPixel from way back. I think when. it's pronounced MacPixel. MacPixel, but yeah, go, go for it, bro. Uh, the Stanley Parable. I think it's pronounced parably. And the room. <laughs> and almost the, the almost womb. a little bit of PT mixed in there, which I've heard is pronounced. Pt. I love how you try to go. I love how you go for these these reaches, these controversial. Uh, a little, little PT sprinkled in there. So it's um. The, the the conceit of the game is that you are watching some sort of mysterious mechanical console for your friend while he goes to take a piss. And before he leaves, he says, hey, I'm going to the bathroom. Uh, don't touch anything. And he walks away. And you are free to, uh, to explore. You're in a very minimalistic room. And... There's a thing on the wall that says instructions, very cryptically written, and the console has one big red button on it. You threw out some like heavy hitters. Uh, what what do you get? What is what? In which ways is it MacPixel esque? Um, so you remember how MacPixel was? It was an adventure game, but it was like very short little bursts, like vignettes, right? Yeah. Um, I look at this the same way in that this game has multiple endings and the goal is not to get to a ending. It's to sort of uncover as many possible endings as you can. Um, similar to vignette style, except that, I mean, the difference would be what McPixel, it's all different vignettes. And in this one, all the vignettes take place at the same start point. Mm -hmm. So you're, you're in the same room, you're in the same situation every time. Uh, and, and one of the... But the way uh, the way some of the vignettes played out were very MacPixel esque. Uh, a lot of them ended with the destruction of the city that's on the monitor. Mm-hmm. Um, Are there any like real crazy destructions, like like the the vagina monster from Watchmen? Uh, there are a couple of good ones. Uh, there's a lot of good. There's a lot of referential stuff in the game. Um, you know, there's a. Uh, one of the one of the destructions is that a giant robot destroys the city, and uh, it's the bender ending. And then when you get the the sticker on the wall, every time you get one of the endings, you get like a sticker on the wall, mm-hmm. and uh, the the sticker is is bender. Um, there's a Back to the Future ending. There's two Back to oh, the Future endings. Oh, that's really cool. Um, there's a there's a lot of good ones in there, um, and you know there's no. Actually, to be honest, some of the the wackier endings really stick out. 
as as the ones where you're like, what is going on? Where they really sort of break the mold of you just hitting buttons. A lot of the endings, you just do things and then you watch the ending unfold. There's some that you kind of have to experience and interact with. Uh, the Illuminati one is kind of one of them, and that's the, pretty uh, funny though. The uh, the Dark Stalkers ending is kind of one of them. There's a what? I call it the Dark Stalkers ending. There's this. Do you one... remember Dark the Dark Stalkers cartoon? Yes, I do. Jesus. Um. Well, why don't I talk about some of the endings I like then? I think that might be a good place. I to would go. like to hear about some of the endings you enjoyed. So, uh, the Illuminati ending. And uh, this is this one. I th- I I forget. I think it's that you had to hit the the button 20 times to get the hammer and then you had to use the hammer on the screen to reveal the Illuminati button at the back of the screen and then when you press the Illuminati button some shit happens shit goes down and what's interesting about that is when you get the Illuminati button the game kind of like crashes on you and it shows you three symbols and there's another ending that you can unlock in the game that requires you remember what those three symbols were to input them on a console oh yeah it, it, there, some of them go really deep. Some of them are contingent on others. Uh, I, I did look up some of them after I, I played enough and just sort of went, all right, what am I missing? The game sort of lets you know how many endings you have because it keeps track with like little lights. There's also things that are like not really endings, but they're like other... There's like a mini game you can play that comes up every now and then where you're flying a, uh, a bomber and you have to bomb a city. Uh, and if you beat that, you get achievement. Um, there's another. There's an anonymous ending which has a Guy Fox reference. Um, there's a couple of good ones in there. Um, the other ending that I was talking about was the Darkstalkers ending. Is that like you do some shit? You have to hit the button like 666 times, and then activate it or something like that. I, th- I think this is the same ending. Um, and like the devil comes up, but there's another one. Maybe it's not the same one. There's another one where the button on the console turns into a bloody fetus monster and then you have to play whack-a-mole with these like pustules that come up on the on the the monitor that sounds delightful and it looks like the the last ending or the last level of dark stalkers where you had to fight jetta and there's like god's fetuses behind you or something like that i think it was literally called god's fetus how did that game make it into america wait which game dark stalkers oh I never got to the ending. That's a weird fucking game. I'm just I, saying. I like playing as Felicia in Super Puzzle, Super Puzzle Fighter 2. That's a good that's a good one to to play as. So, yeah. the game does actually have like a true ending and you get it by getting all the other endings. But some of the endings like to get them are really obtuse. Probably you wouldn't know them without reading a a spoiler or something like that. So as a, for instance, the, the Illuminati one where you had to like remember the symbols and then plug them in on another thing. Um, one of the endings is you wait one minute and your friend comes back and just like says, hey, thanks for watching the console. Oh, like the uh, Far, Cry, Far Cry 4 like abbreviation ending. Yeah, where you just sit there for however long. Yeah. Um, there's another ending where on top of that, after you wait a minute, if you just wait like three or four more minutes, another thing happens and gives you a different ending. Uh, but like, I don't know that I would think to do that on my own. I don't know that anyone would. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, there's, there's definitely some I didn't uncover. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of puzzles in the game. The puzzles are, are pretty smart They're You know, it's a lot of ciphers trying to f- decipher what the, uh, 
the thing on the wall actually means. It's very cryptic. There's like math formulas and there's there's clues within it. Uh, and some of them are really how did how did you figure that out is a good question. Um because they mean, don't that's really how give old you old games were, right? You just brute force it until something happened. Yeah, you guess until you figure there were uh, a couple of endings that I could easily imagine people getting and not actually knowing how they got you know, like just just by trial and error, getting that ending and not uh-huh. realizing there was a clue that actually gave you that ending. Yeah, yeah. But I like how I like how sort of obscure this game is, and how it doesn't really give you anything. It just hey, it, it encourages you to play, which is actually weird for a game. Whereas most games hold your hand and sort of explain everything to you, this game really just says figure it out. Um. The only problem I could see with this game is once you've beaten it, there's no real reason to ever go back to it. And well, they, except to beat it like another 25 times. Obviously. Well, there is an achievement in the game called uninstall this game. And that's uh, if you if you clear it 100 percent, it just tells you to uninstall it. Oh, did you get that? No, I did not. <laughs> um, you know what I was thinking about with this title, though, and and this was an interesting thought. This might be a little bit inside baseball. You and I, I still work in marketing. You used to work in marketing, right? Yeah. Do you remember the push to like gamify everything? Like every brand I'm, wanted a gamified experience. I'm experiencing that right now, man. So wouldn't it? Wouldn't something like this have been brilliant for a brand if they just had the courage to let it be? I mean, I don't know what brand this would apply to, but, like, the mechanics of this game, you know, seem pretty straightforward. Like, this could be a great experiential thing for, I don't know, one of these, like, there seems to be, like, this whole subset of TV shows that are, like, Lost or something, like, or the woman who wakes up with the tattoos or, I don't know, like, you know, where there's just some X-Files shit going on. This would mm-hmm. be a, a awesome sort of game actually the rebooting the x-files so you know <laughs> yeah because uh, uh, also this game is like you know you could do this in a web browser oh yeah no totally yeah uh yeah had a really really good 8-bit music too uh it was a, a pixel game but i think it you know in the context of what it is pixels were fine yeah you know uh, it didn't feel it like looks, it looks cool to me i like it simple I, I definitely enjoyed it. It's it's a great play. I think it might be a fun party game. I think that this would be a cool game for a couple of people to huddle around a monitor and try to figure out together. I did it alone because that you know that's how I do all my gaming and life. But <laughs> we're gonna play something multiplayer. You and me. We're gonna do that soon. I think we're gonna do that. Yeah, but definitely, definitely at least play this game. If if. If you just listen to this, I don't know that I necessarily ruined it for you because part of the game is exploring and figuring out how to get everything. I would give this game a whirl. It's like $5. Fucking bite the bullet. Play this game. Yes. So, Fred, that brings us on to our next game club. And we had discussed earlier today perhaps doing uh, uh, Everybody's Gone to the Rapture. But I want to wait on Everybody's Gone to the Rapture. Okay. And I'll tell you why. It's because everything I, I read a lot of reviews where people are just commenting on how bad the the movement speed is and it makes it actually frustrating uh because you can't get from place to place. So the game is like 5 hours instead of 3 hours be, just because you only have only move at one speed. 
Yeah, I read a whole thing about uh, this. Was, th- that game was developed by the Chinese Room, which is the guys who did uh, Dear Esther. Yeah. And they were saying that they originally had like a run command in the game, and then they were changing it to be a button command as opposed to an automatic thing. And it sort of got lost in translation, and now they have to add it back. Yeah, so I'm going to wait till they, they patch it. Uh, that said, I've got an idea, and you're going to hate it. That's likely true. What would you think about playing Metal Gear Solid Five Ground Zeroes for Game Club? It was free on PlayStation. Yeah, no, Plus I have a copy. At some point. Why yeah. do you want to play that? It's two hours. I think it will give us a lot to talk about. Uh, uh, I get to check a Metal Gear Solid game off of my list. Okay, John, I will do Thanks. this thing for you. Thank you. Okay, so you heard it, folks, because you probably have a free copy because it was free on Xbox One and it was free on and PS4 at some point. Like, we're going to play Metal Gear Solid Five: Ground Zeroes and then talk about the story and mechanics. <laughs> the story with me having never played a Metal Gear game since Solid, the demo for Solid. All right. This will be fun. Should, this should be interesting. Uh, so. <laughs> you never, we never know how to. Uh, John, I still have swag to give away if anyone wants some swag. Get some swag, folks. I'm gonna I'm gonna mail you some swag. I'm gonna send it to you, John, so you have it for packs. Mail me swag. I'm all about that swag. You want mail some buttons? Me. You want some cards against humanity cards? Yeah, mail me all that shit, dude. I'm, I'm gonna send you a care package. Send me a send me a bunch of shit. And if yeah. you'd like some swag, we would be proud to give it to you even. Uh you can email us at letters at fantasticneighborhood.com and just ask for swag and we will we will we will make that happen. Uh you can also call us on the hotline at 720 hoodie six. That's 720-466-3436. And you can find us on Twitter. I'm at Proto Addict. John is at Hey John Anderson, and that's John with no H. You can find us on Facebook and you can find us on iTunes. And if you find us on iTunes, please leave us a positive rating. We like those. Yeah, and you can find me Yesterday, I was on uh, H-Bomb and Friends, his second anniversary episode with Alex O'Neill and another guy. Um, I don't remember because it hasn't happened yet. Time travel. Woo! Uh, <laughs> and then um, the towards the end of the month, I'm going to be on Irrational Passions. So look for Again that. Again with Alex O'Neill. That's a double dose. Yeah, double You're getting dip a double D of Alex O'Neill. See that Alex give, give him some vitamin D you know what I'm saying oh. I, I don't follow you nope gross <laughs> get, get out in the sun Alex I think we ended uh, yeah. there yeah okay 